Welcome to the Beyond Mom Podcast, the podcast for moms seeking connection to self while navigating the journey of motherhood. Get inspired with our practical tools, soulful conversations, and honest stories told by other women like you. From entrepreneurship to healthy living to style, Beyond Mom will spark you to live the thriving life you deserve. And now, join our host, Brandy Zinn, as she takes you Beyond Mom. Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the On Air with Beyond Mom podcast. I'm so happy that you are here and spending time with me, Randy Zinn, the founder of Beyond Mom. If you're curious about us and what we do, come to our website, rzbeyondmom.com. I'm sitting here today in my New York City apartment with not only somebody who has become a dear friend, but somebody who inspires me again and again with her very practical, real life, um, super inspiring, down to earth perspectives on relationships. And her real focus, as it has spoken to me, is on parenting and how we can be better individuals uh, within the family to make the family a better collective. This is Melinda Blau sitting next to me. Say hi, Melinda. Hi, Melinda. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Randy. Hi. Thank you for being with me today. Uh, I just know that you have so much incredible wisdom to share with my listeners, um, and it really speaks to the concepts that I talk about in Beyond Mom. So before we get in, I just kind of want to tell everyone a little bit about you, and of course, you're able to add as you go through. But um, Melinda has had quite quite the career as a Beyond Mom herself. Um, she has been a journalist and a writer for quite some time, writing for some of our most favorite outlets that I'm sure we all read, the New York Times, the Huffington Post, uh, many of those, um, as well as being a book author many times over, um, being a co-author of the Baby Whispering series, which is a favorite of so many, um, and recently has published a book that um, I've read and gotten so much out of called um, Family Whispering, which is she's going to tell us so much more about in much better language than I will, but um, just a very fascinating concept about how to make the family the center of um, of the experience and not just the children. So for Beyond Moms, very applicable information. Um, so I'm going to let Melinda take over on that note and tell us a bit more about this idea of family whispering and why she feels that paying attention to not only the individual, but the family collective is so, so important to our culture but specifically why it's so applicable to a beyond mom. Thanks, Randy. Well, actually, you you started quite well because family whispering is my term really for family-centered parenting. And it's what all parents, not just mothers, but of course mothers uh, get most of the stress of, of the burden of family and children right now. It's, it's right now and it has been for a very long time. But... The idea of family whispering is to remember that children are not the only members of the family, that there's a mother and there's a father and they have a relationship. So all the members of the family matter and all the relationships matter, not just parent and child. And the link with Beyond Moms is that a person who is family-centered, by definition, 
can go beyond mom because um, what's happened in the last probably 20 years especially, because when Tracy Hogg and I wrote the Baby Whispering books in 2000, uh, we had already seen this uh, incredible sweeping movement toward child-centeredness. And there's lots of reasons for um, mothers going back to work, the fact that uh, the, the self-esteem movement put so much pressure on, you know, children's precious egos and just a number of forces, not the least of which was were economic forces because there's a huge, huge market there for parents who are frightened that their children will not be safe, uh, that they, they need to track them, or that they need to make sure they're enriched and as smart as they possibly could be. So a lot of people are making money um, on this family-centeredness. But what we're finding out and what so much research is telling us now is that it's bad for the kids, it's bad for the individual parents because they don't have a life. They're totally focused on their kids. It's bad for their relationship. And um, so nobody's winning. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, I mean, one of the reasons that Beyond Mom resonated with me is because family whispering, one of my raisons d'etre for writing the book uh, was that I, I have a daughter who's a mom of three boys, and she's a great mom, but I see how much she does for her kids. Right. And um, by the way, I'm not against, I have to say this because yeah, It's I your know, disclaimer. <laughs> yeah, well, you can be a really good mother and not be over-focused on your kids. Um, somehow along the way, motherhood has become this... In consuming occupation. And the fact that you even need a group called Beyond Mom tells you that it's gotten to the point where women feel guilty about having their own lives. And, and that's not good for the kids. Well, what I notice, and I think why um, you and I have connected, Melinda, is that I think that there is a balance where women have to get out and take care of themselves and do things for themselves, both physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, socially. Um, and the more that they do it, over time, they start to feel its positive effects. Right. So, you know, and even I notice even my son, you know, I tell him, mommy is going out to dinner with her girlfriends tonight. And that's something, or, or as of a few weeks ago, mommy's going to the Madonna concert. <laughs> and and he thought it was great and got into it with me and danced to her music to get excited with me. And I think that even though I certainly, like many other mothers, feel guilty about leaving him or doing things for myself, whatever that may be, I also feel that besides besides the fact that I feel the positive effects of taking good care of myself, I'm I'm glad that my son is seeing what it means to be a person, let alone a woman and whatever model he may end up being with in his future. But I feel good about showing him what it means to be a person that knows how to do right. things that make them happy. And And you're absolutely right. I mean, the best thing a mother can do for her child is be a good role model. So when you take care of yourself, he learns to take care of himself. Mm -hmm. When you 
uh, are curious about life and explore and try new things, that gives him permission to do new things. When you go out with your friends, it says to him, it sends a message. It's, it's great to have friends and to be social. And, and to show him that balance is, is terrific. And one of the things that your story reminds me of is when my daughter's first son was born, he was about three years old at the time. This was before, or his brother had just come along. And I went to uh, their house, and um, I knew my daughter had a cold. And he was three, mind you. So this is how early kids pick up on their mother. And I said, um, where's your mom? Is she taking a nap? Because I knew she had a cold. And she, he said, oh, no, mommies don't take naps. <laughs> and my jaw dropped. And I said, I looked at him, I said, but Henry, I know your daddy takes naps. Oh, that's okay. Daddies can take naps. And so I took my daughter by the shoulders and I said, I'm telling you something. Take a nap sometime. <laughs> right. You know? Um, so I think it's really, really important. The beyond mom message is such a good and important part of parenting. Because you're teaching children because these kids grow up and they will, you know, guilt, I always, I have a big thing about guilt. Guilt doesn't solve anything. Well, I was just going to ask you about guilt. Exactly. So yeah. you went where I was going because yeah. I, I noticed that it feels like moms are, we're doomed if we do, we're doomed if we don't right. from right. a guilt standpoint. Right. The ones that actually really want to go back to work, there's always this right. guilt of not only I'm going back to work, but even the guilt of feeling like they want to go back to work. Exactly. And, and then, of course... How, how horrible should I be that I want to leave my child? Right. What do women do with these feelings? How do we rectify it? Well, you know, one of the things... You gave me questions before, and I thought about this. First of all, part of the problem is structural. You know, Anne-Marie Slaughter, who uh, wrote just wrote a new book... Um, unfinished business. And she talks about why it's so untenable for women in the workplace. Because we really don't have family-friendly policies. Mm -hmm. um, we don't have, uh, we don't value childcare. Even when we hire someone else, we, we naturally want to play them as little as possible. So we've devalued the whole, uh, and I say art, of caring for children and loving children. So mothers are devalued because the minute you stay home and you're the one that's not working, you're the lesser of the couple. Mm -hmm. And you see this in, in same-gender partnerships as well. Right. So whoever stays home kind of has to be prepared for kind of losing out a little bit. So we have this very firmly entrenched structural societal thing that honestly... When I got married in 1965, and in the 70s, my friends and I were talking about this, and it breaks my heart to see that women are still talking about it. And part of that is because it's a structural thing, and it's so firmly entrenched. So what do moms do in the meantime? Well, I think Beyond Mom is a great organization because there's, there's safety in numbers. And, you know... A couple of years ago, they started these Take Back the Night campaigns on campus. Now, we don't have to combat sexual assault in, in our homes, hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> but, but there is, this is a damaging thing to women. 
And so maybe there should be a take back ourselves campaign for women. I like that. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, I thought of it last night when I was thinking about your question because you're not the first person that says, well, what do we do? How do we get rid of the guilt? I think the only way that women on an individual basis is, is to band with other mm-hmm. women. And, and, you know, when you start feeling guilty, call a friend who's another mom who, or, you know, your sister or your mother, God knows your mother will understand because she had kids and she probably went through it. And I, I by the way, find out, I find that women don't use their mothers enough. They think, oh, mothers don't really understand, but we've been there, you know. Um, and, and I think for now, it's great if we organize this kind of grassroots campaign to have the strength to have your own identity. There's, there's, should be nothing about motherhood that strips women of their identity, and it does, unfortunately. Yeah, it does. And and I um, I even notice that women will contact me or come to my events who are maybe pregnant for the first time or thinking about starting a family, and they're drawn to come to my events because there's already the yeah. anxiety of who am I, who am I going to surround myself with? Where am I going right. to find myself in the midst of this experience? Um, and it's a lot of what I, I write about and a lot of the conversations I have. Right. Um, it's astounding. And I've gone through it myself. And now being pregnant with my second child, I feel like I'm going through it a second time in a sense. You, you know what's interesting to me is now I parented in a very different time. My daughter, my first child was born in 1969. Um, and... I was caught, I used to say, my generation had one foot in the 50s and the other one in the 70s. And the 70s was, you know, drug, sex, rock and roll. Mm-hmm. And the 50s was very, you know, madman era. Right. And, um, and so we did a lot of, you know, rabble rousing and stuff like that. And as I said, I'm seeing some of the same, same issues. But sometimes, um, when I think of how my generation parented, it was so different. One day my daughter said to me, you never sat with us to do homework. And I said, yeah, look how good you tried. <laughs> but I didn't. I, I was there if she needed me. I didn't go to all their games. I didn't, you know, I see parents getting in the car and visiting camps before they send their kids to camps. We didn't do that. We talked to other parents. We got a video that the camp sent us or there was an open school night for camps. And you sent the kid off. You never visit, you never actually saw the place. Mm. Even when it came to going to college, I went to some places with my daughter, but I remember she took a trip up, we lived in the city, and she took a trip to Boston with a girlfriend of hers. They were both really good students. They were responsible kids. They were probably 17. They went up to Boston. They, they viewed, they went to two different campuses. They took the tea. They stay overnight in a motel, and in the motel, there was a fire alarm in the middle of the night. So they had to evacuate their rooms. They lived through it. Parents today would never let their children do that. And both of my kids, I look at them, I made mistakes. We all make mistakes. You can't not be a parent. You can't be responsible for somebody else and be perfect. It's just... And that's the other thing that I, I see mothers today laboring under. That perfection. Perfection, and they must do the right thing, and which is the right school. The truth is, it's all cumulative, and no one moment matters. And you may lose your temper one day and yell at your child because you've had a bad day or you had a lousy night's sleep. 
just apologize afterwards. He's not going to be. That's not what's going to cause him to be on the right. the, the couch twenty right. years from now. Right. Not one thing, you know. So I just wish that mothers would give themselves a break, and that's why when we first met and I heard about Beyond Mom, yeah. I loved it because because yeah. it's really a, a, a tremendously entrenched problem, and you know I know there are a bunch of books out that for the last 10 years have been saying to parents, back off, this is not good for your kids, it's not good for you. And I don't know what it's going to take to hmm. get to get mothers to change, except grassroots groups like yours. And also I think following the, the instincts to give something to yourself, because I do think that most women, if you really probe them, feel that. But Absolutely. stuff it away until, I don't know, when it bubbles up. But, you know, another thing that uh, occurs to me listening to you speak, um, being that, you know, you have raised children and you have grandchildren now and your career continues to evolve. You know, I think when you are a mom, you're so focused on, you know, let's call it like this three to five year period that you're in. But you don't always think about who are the who, what woman are you going to be in mm -hmm. 10 years, right. 20 years, right. 30 years? Who do you want to be? Do you want to have something that belongs to you? Do you want to feel intact? Do you want to feel like maybe, you know, you're still in your marriage and, you know, who knows what happens to our marriages, but like, do you want to be a person capable of love and relationships? Yeah. Um, so I think it's very interesting to challenge yourself and think about, Who's the individual that you are also shaping for Absolutely. the for the long haul? Absolutely, yeah. you know. And again, when when the, in the, when the second wave of the women's movement happened in the seventies, it was all about what's going to be for the woman. You know, women in those days they were married. It was all about the husband and the kids, and you were supposed to be a helpmate, and you were supposed to be there and make a good home and all of that. And women started saying, "What about me?" I'm a human being. So I, that it's still an issue is, is really frightening to me. Mm. But I think the difference is, is that we went into marriage with very little expectation. So I know a lot of women in my generation, a lot of them quit school to get married, so they went back to school. A lot of them had jobs and quit and they went back to work, and they they flooded the workforce. I mean, part of the the big change in family life is because women are in the workforce almost in as great force as men now, and um, and and it's hard. I mean, I don't mean to make this a simplistic thing either. It is very hard. Children are very absorbing. When you're responsible for another life, it, the weight of the world is on your shoulders, but. You need to take breaks. You need to, even when they're little, I mean, I, when I wrote the Baby Whisperer books, one of the things I loved about Tracy was she would say to mothers, leave the baby in the crib or on the mat, on the, you know, before they were crawling around, on the chimney, walk out of the room. Not just because the baby needs to gradually learn how to be independent. She thought babies from the time they were born should start becoming independent. But also, mom, you need a break. So... You know, to, to your uh, listeners that are just about to have kids or have little kids, trust me, I know how absorbing infants and toddlers are. You just don't have a break. But when they sleep, you sleep. 
Right. You know, when when they're amused on the floor, walk out of the room right. as long as they're safe. Allow your partner to step in, well, and that's, and <laughs> which that's is another one. Yeah. Right. And you, you talked about marriages. I mean, I think one of the things that parents absolutely need to do is get babysitters. I, I can remember, you know, I never thought twice about getting a babysitter. I go to restaurants now, really beautiful restaurants, what used to be adult restaurants, and they're filled with strollers. Leave the baby home sometime. And when you were out with your husband, don't just talk about it. Right, talk about yourselves, <laughs> yes. But that requires, and again, that requires... Um, the time that you invest in yourself so you have something to talk about. And that's right. And, you know, and that's it's like right. my husband, I, I said this to you the other day when we met up, um, you know, my husband always said to me, bless his heart, if there's no you, there's no us. Mm-hmm. If there's no me, there's no us. And I've definitely seen that to be true. Absolutely. Because you, you want to bring interest to the marriage, whether yeah. it's a book that you read or a movie you saw or a person you ran into on the street that you hadn't. You know, stories. Stories. You tell each other stories. One of the things that I'm most proud of in Family Whispering is that I have a, a, a chart called an index of possibilities. And the possibilities were about conversation. And it was really ahead of its time because I don't know if you saw the Times this past weekend. Sherry um, Turkle has a new book out about importance of conversation and how technology is subverting that. And... There's always things that you can learn about your partner. And as your kids get older, learn about them too, because we assume we know our kids. So I talk about all the different things you can ask. Ask lots of questions and offer information. Like, you know, you may not know it, but when uh, when I was little, my father used to take me to Asbury Park on the rides every Sunday. And one time I got lost. I mean, just think of stories. Yeah. Um, I, I, I try to do that in my own relationship, and, and I think it's really, really important to keep it fresh, to, to know that person. Mm. Because we, th- we assume, especially with people we love, children and spouses, we assume we know them because we live with them. And maybe we've lived with them for 20 years. We don't know them. You never can be inside another person. There's always something to discover. I love that, actually, because it, it gives so much hope to the evolution of a relationship. Absolutely. So, Melinda, besides um, your book, obviously, um, which I, of course, want you to kind of um, tell our listeners exactly where to find this wonderful book, um, but also I know you've made some great suggestions to me of other books to read, um, and I think for any of you out there that are listening to this and our conversation is jogging something in your soul about, I really need to think about the time I'm giving to myself, to my spouse, to um, shifting maybe the mentality of uh, everything about the child to more of a family-centric experience. If any of this is is uh, attractive to you, I thought, Melinda, maybe you could give um, our listeners just a little bit more suggestion of what books are you liking right now, and where would you send send them? I have two favorites right now, and they um, both came out fairly recently. One is called The Gift of Failure, um, and it's a wonderful book. The author, Jessica Leahy, is a teacher and a mom. And uh, the other book is um, How to Raise an Adult, and the author is Lynn... Uh, well, I thanks to Google, you can yeah, you, you can, can find look it. But anyway, both books have a very. They're both saying back off. 
kids need space. And and Lithcott Haynes, Lynn Lithcott Haynes, she is um, a former dean at Stanford, and she was seeing all these kids get to college. And if if you need a cautionary tale, just look at some of the of the statistics on what's happening with college kids today. It's really frightening, and I don't want to scare your listeners, but these kids are getting up there and to school, and they can't do anything because nobody's let them do anything. You know, um, Jessica Leahy says that her moment came, and I love this story, when she realized her eight-year-old who was in third grade couldn't tie his shoes, which was a problem of a, a, a consequence of both Velcro and the fact that she had never actually let him do it. Right. And what I love about that, both of both books are very well written and they're fun to read, but Jessica's is really great. And um, I very rarely give my daughter books to read, but she actually read it and enjoyed it, you know, because she says, I don't want any more parenting books. Um, the one thing I would say is that family whispering, I think one of the problems is people don't know what to do instead. And um, I think both those two books are really important to understand why you have to back off. But then what do you do instead? And that's what family whispering is all about. Right. And it's it's kind of an encyclopedia of what you do instead. Right. So um, tell us um, tell us your website. Tell us where to follow you and find you. So I'm sure okay. I'm sure our listeners are going to want more Melinda Blau. Well, <laughs> first of all, I would love your listeners to send me questions. I write the Dear Family Whisperer column for the Huffington Post, um, and you can just search Melinda Blau Huffington Post and you'll find it. It's also on everything's there on my website, which is melindablau.com. Okay. And um, I love answering people's questions about, That's great. about family. And it's a kind of Dear Abby column, but what I do is I always answer parenting questions from the family point of view. So somebody will say, um, my three-year-old is, child is too selfish, or something, which, of course, is the job of a three-year-old. But I bring in the fact, well... Let's look at the adults in the family, too. I always bring in the adults. It's never just about the child. It's never just between you and the child. So that's, I try to do that. And, and I've had some really great, great questions of you know, some very serious things of my husband has a terminal illness. What do I tell the kids? Mm. To my three-year-old is selfish. To what do I do about nail-biting? I mean, it's been very varied. I, I've been really thrilled at the questions. Um, and... Um, on my website, um, I just write about whatever occurs to me. And often it's about fam- uh, parenting. Sometimes it's about aging, which is another subject that's near and dear to me, uh, aging well. Mm. Um, but, you know, everything is kind of connected to family. Because even aging, the last piece I did was um, I'd rather not think about aging. And it was because I saw, I, I, go to, I live in a lot of places, as you know, and one of them is Paris, and I saw this old man and his much, 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 much older ancient mother, and he takes care of her. And, of course, it then made me think of um, what's going to happen when I need taken care of. Right. So it always comes back to of the course. family. Of course. Um, Melinda, this is so insightful. Thank you. I'm sure this is just the beginning of people's uh, interest in wanting to know more about your insight and very, very important perspectives. And I know for myself, thinking about these topics continually challenge me because it's the easier way is to just throw yourself in um, into the the mommy role. And so it's a challenge to somehow 
take yourself into a place where you focus more on your individual self and, and watch the positive effects that that has on the entire family. So, um, so thank you for sharing. And I hope that all of you very much enjoyed and, and got some real food for thought. This will, this podcast will be live on iTunes. If that's where you're listening to it, it's also going to be on my website, rzbeyondmom.com, as well as all of my other podcasts, which are sometimes my own personal musings and um, other interviews with other fascinating people. Also, follow me on social media at Randy Zinn on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, you can like Beyond Mom. And you can also find Melinda Blau all over social media I'm as well. Not, yes, <laughs> I have an author page on Facebook <clears throat> and Great. Twitter, etc. Wonderful. So um, again, we thank you for tuning in. We know, especially as a Beyond Mom, your time is limited. So thank you for tuning in to On Air with Beyond Mom. And if you haven't, definitely subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And we look forward to enlivening your community and inspiring you to put your happiness and wellness as the top priority in your life. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye.